Hi, this is a Life of Learning podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Shivan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I'm looking forward to discussing a lot of uh, things about multi-blind and your um, achievements as well. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Okay, so Shivan is a world champion in a WSCA event uh, in Paris 2019 for the multi-blind event plus also he's the former uh, multi-blind record holder uh, where he sold 48 cubes in one hour I know you have other achievements um, mm. national records and stuff like that but I think to- those are the two big ones correct yeah those are the two biggest ones yeah. Sorry, did I say Paris 2019? I think it was 2017. Uh, 2017 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great, great, great. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> no All right then. So, um, yeah. So, how did you how did you get involved in cubing and how long you've been doing it? Yeah. So, uh, in 2010, when I was 10 years old, I uh, went to we went to uh, Dubai with my family in, on vacation, and at a toy store there, I just uh, brought a Rubik's cube, a Rubik's brand cube, and when I got home, I just uh, tried to solve it and I couldn't. So I uh, looked up a tutorial on YouTube. So I uh, found Dan Brown's tutorial, how to solve the Rubik's Cube. So I learned uh, the layer by layer method from that. And then I just uh, solved it in around one or two minutes. And then I got bored of cubing because I didn't know about the community or other events. I just thought like this is a one-off thing. So I just uh, stopped cubing then after learning the three by three. And then a few years later, around 2000, late 2013, I came across Cube again and I and I remembered that I heard that there was a faster method called CFOP, which I can learn. So I just uh, started learning that and I, then I discovered the speed solving forum where there was a lot of information. And then I started watching YouTube videos about like world records of cubing. And then I got really into it. And then I went to a competition in 2014 uh, where I competed. It was my second competition in 2014 and I competed in 14 events. Uh, because I, I, I had learned all events, but I was uh, quite slow at all events also. But I just wanted to learn all 18 events as fast as I could. So I learned all the events and then I uh, just, uh, participated. And then I started participating in a lot more competitions. And so uh, since last six or seven years, I've been doing it uh, mostly consistently. Wow. So you've learned all, mm. the, all the WCA events, all 18 of them. Yeah. Around my first year of cubing itself, I learned all events because uh, I, I really found it interesting, all the puzzles, till seven by seven, then the side puzzles like pyramids, megaminks. And then as for the blind events, uh, I learned a three by three blindfolded first. And then I learned four by four, five by blindfolded uh, next. But I was quite slow at them to begin with, but then uh, over time I got faster. Wow. So, okay. So in the early days, what do you think your favorite event was? Uh, it was definitely pyramids because uh, I, I used to solve three by three also, but I like pyramids also because it was a short event and I was uh, quite good at it. So I got a few national records in pyramids to start with. And back then I was just uh, uh, average in blindfold solving or a little better than average. But I used to do pyramids a lot more. But then over time, around one or two years later, when I when I got a bit bored of pyramids because it got a bit uh, repetitive because it's such a scramble-dependent event. So I yeah. started doing blindfolded more because I realized it was more scope in it and I and I was better at blind solving uh, overall. So I just started doing that more. 
Okay. And what's the Cuban mm. community like in uh, in your countries, India? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a quite a good community actually. Um, when around 2014 or 13, when I started cubing, the community also started growing uh, faster. And now there are a lot of like last two years there have been almost no competitions because of COVID. But before that, we had like uh, one or two competitions every week uh, somewhere in India. And they are like, a, we have a group on Facebook with 6,000 members and there are quite a lot of uh, delegates also, like six, seven delegates. So it's quite a good community in India. Okay, okay. So just for the listeners then, because uh, I want to really deep dive into the uh, mm. blind and multi-blind. Blind. Can you just yeah. explain uh, to the um, to the listeners the uh, the actual event and the process as well? Yeah, so I'll uh, first explain for three by three blindfolded. So yeah. in that, uh, in an official WC competition, you just uh, submit your cube and then they scramble it for you and they cover it with a box. And then when you start the timer, you have to remove the cover and you have to memorize the cube. Uh, first, you can look at it, but you can't make any moves. So you can take as much time as you want to look at it, like around from uh, one minute to five minutes, whatever time you need. And then you put on your blindfold and when you put on your blindfold, you start solving and the whole thing is included in your time. So when you finish solving, you put down the cube and stop the timer and then you remove your blindfold to see if it's solved or not. So if it's solved, you get the success and if it's unsolved, you get a DNF. And okay. for uh, multi-blind, it's basically the same thing, but the difference is you can uh, choose how many cubes you want to attempt. So say you want to do five cubes. So you give five five of your uh, three batteries to the organizer and they'll scramble all five with different scrambles and then they'll cover all of them. And then when you start the timer, uh, the judge will actually start the timer and you have one, uh, you have uh, 10 minutes into how many cubes you're attempting up to six. So if you're attempting two cubes, you get 20 minutes, three cubes, 30, five cubes, you get 50 minutes. And if you're attempting six or more cubes, you get one hour. So even if you're attempting like 20 cubes, you will still get only one hour. So in, in that one hour, you have to memorize also and you have to solve also. And however many cubes you solve during that one hour, which it'll count as your score. And uh, the scoring is also a little different. So it's solved cubes minus unsolved cubes equal to points. So for example, if you're saying, if you did eight out of 10 cubes, so two are unsolved. So two will minus from the eight, so you'll get six points. And if you get uh, 20 out of 20, you'll get 20 points. If you get five, if you get uh, like three out of six, it'll be zero points. So like mm -hmm. that, the scoring works. So it rewards okay. accuracy and it rewards higher numbers uh, that you attempt. Okay. Yeah, and the main reason mm. why I thought I'd contact you is because I've been doing multi, I've been doing um, just blind solving for just over two years mm. now, and mm. the last couple of months I've started multi-blind. So I thought, okay, yeah. let me see if I can try and speak to someone mm -hmm. who's, uh, you know, very, mm -hmm. very, very good at his, um, very good at mm. his craft. So thanks for mm. explaining that. So now mm. can we just deep dive into it a little bit more in terms of your process? Of, sure, um, sure. of of especially the multi-blind. Well, no, yeah. just just go through the, everything. You know the process of how you do it and try and explain it to the audience, please. Yeah. So in a multi-blind, uh, that the difference that between a single cube and multi-blind is that in a single cube you can uh, there are around twenty to twenty-two letters of information, so you can uh, memorize it in your short-term memory. But uh, in multi-blind, you have to commit everything to your long-term memory because to remember something for one hour, you have to uh, really learn it. You can't just repeat it in your mind over and over because there are too much information to uh, repeat. So what I do is 
uh, I use the same memorization and execution method as in three by three blindfolded, which is letter pairs. So I assign a letter to each piece, and then from those letters, I make words using two letters. For example, if there my memo is C and T, so that will make cat, and that cat will be my memo. So the differences in three by three blindfolded, I don't really make a story. I just say cat, cat, cat in my uh, head once, and then I remember it. But in in multi-blind, I have to make a proper story to remember it. Like cat is kicking a ball and cat ball. Those are my two words like that. And to really commit it to memory, there's a method called Roman rooms, uh, which is also known as the journey method or the loci method. And that method is also used by memory athletes to remember a lot of information. And in that, basically, you use rooms of your house or a, a location you know well as mental, as a memory palace. So, for example, your bedroom, you'll be knowing your bedroom very well. So you can imagine your memo happening on your bed, which will be one location. And then on your study table, that will be another location. So you can put one cube in your bedroom. So all the memo will be happening in your bedroom. And then the next cube you can put on in your kitchen. And then you mentally walk through your memory palace and you just see the memo happening, uh, the stories that you made. And then you can remember it easily. So. At first, I was a bit skeptical when I heard of this method because I was like, this seems like too much work and like really work. So I used to do two, two cubes, but I was very slow at them. And then I just uh, learned this method one afternoon, like I saw a video on it. And then I tried it and I got, suddenly I got five out of six cubes. Uh, in Like I jumped from two cubes to six cubes in one afternoon. So I got really surprised that this actually works. Like it seems like it's just a normal thing, but if you commit uh, it to your long-term memory, then it becomes surprisingly easier to memo uh, large amounts of information. Yeah, so, and then uh, as, I, as I slowly started climbing up the cubes, uh, my, mem my memorization time per cube got lesser. So for example, uh, I, mem I used to memorize one cube in around two or three minutes, and now I memorize one cube in around 40 seconds overall because if, if I want to memorize 48 cubes in 36 minutes around approximately, I'll have to do like 50 seconds per cube to memo. But I don't memorize all 50 at once. Like I pick up a cube, I just uh, look at it once, then I put it down in around 20 seconds. And then later I come back to it, which is called reviewing. So reviewing is very important in multi-blind because if you memorize one cube for one minute, then the next cube for one minute, then the memo won't be as strong. But if you memorize one cube for 30 seconds, then the next for 30, then come back to the first, then come back to the second. So the, this process of repetition really uh, strengthens the memo in your brain. So if given a choice, you should try to review as much as possible. Like when you're studying for exams, you you revise revise a lot uh, to make it more uh, more foolproof. So the, the same way in multi-blind, I review each cube two times. So I have the initial memo. I go through all them. Then I go through the first eight. Then I repeat those eight. And then at the end, I go through one to 40 once more. So that way, uh, the first 40 cubes are the strongest in my brain. And then I memorize the last eight quickly. And then I solve them first. And then I go one to 40. So there are a lot of uh, techniques for higher numbers. But if you're a beginner, you don't need to worry about all this. Just go for like two cubes or three cubes, four cubes, and use the same methods. Uh, letter pairs, letter pair stories, Roman rooms. And uh, yeah, so that is basically the brief summary of how I do multi-blind. Uh, and yeah, I think it's 
it's quite simple. It might be a bit daunting if you listen to it, but it's quite uh, easy in practice. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I would say, right, two things there. Um, I mm. used Roman rooms um, yeah. and it's the same method as you. And it's surprising how much that you can remember when you use this method. Now, I've only solved two cubes multiplying, mm. but just doing that alone helps me retain, you know, the images and the letter pairs. Mm. So I mm. definitely recommend people do that because I found a lot of success with that. But also, um, I just want to um, just give me just for so for this is going to be mainly for the beginners. So if someone is say is learning two cubes or maybe three mm. cubes how would you what would be your recommendation in terms of review and memo yeah so for uh, two or three cubes i think the best thing you can do is just uh, practice a single cube also on the side because uh, when you're uh, a beginner in multiplying you're also a beginner in three by three blindfolded because those two events go in hand in hand mm -hmm. so practice three by three blindfolded a uh, single cube a lot and just uh, try to become faster at it like around Two, three minutes average you should you, you can get around and then you can do four five plus cubes easily but for two or three cubes i recommend like uh, for three cubes you just memorize two cubes very well and then the third cube you do as a normal three blank cube at the end so in multiplying i also do that like the last cube all is always a single three blank cube so i remember remember two cubes very well and then the third cube i'll just do quickly memo it and execute it and then go back to the first two and for yeah. the first two cues i think just memorize them once then review both of them once and then if you're feeling that the memo isn't strong enough so you can review them a couple of more times also just depending on how you feel and then uh, solve it and just uh, use be uh, pay attention to using good letter pairs that you can imagine so for example a, a letter pair that you can't imagine isn't that good so for example if a letter pair is saying go so go so go is some going is an action but you can't imagine it so it needs to be connected with a uh, something that came before it like cat is going but if you uh, see the image and you just see a cat and you forgot that the cat is going so you'll miss go and then you'll dnf so pay attention to little things like that and make sure the whole memo is a coherent story and each each pair matters like you don't won't miss any pair and also i'll i'll say that don't worry about accuracy too much like even if you get uh, two out of three correct that's still fine as long as you're making good uh, good time because uh, I, uh, I think time is sometimes more important than accuracy but but you should still figure out where you went wrong like after each attempt if you made a mistake uh, just check with the scammers and make sure you know what the mistake is so you won't repeat it for next time i think that's the best thing about MBLD, like each attempt you can learn from your mistakes. So there's never a bad attempt because even if it's a bad attempt, that just means you had more mistakes that you can avoid in the future. So that's uh, the best thing to do when you're a beginner. Yeah, I totally agree with mm. that because I do that when I started mm. learning three by three mm. blind. I always um, recorded the scramble and if I got it wrong, if I got you know DNF, I'll always go back to the scramble and find out where I made a mistake. Most of the time mm. it's probably memo, well it depends, it could be the actual execution itself, but no, I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, there's no such thing as a wasted attempt and the yeah. only attempt that is wasted is one you don't learn the mistakes from. Yes, yeah. agreed. Thanks for that advice, that's brilliant. Mm. I know that this is a method that quite a lot of um, multi-blind um, uh, 
um, speed cube is used. Is that correct? This mm. sort of like Roman yeah. rooms and uh, yeah, Roman rooms journey method. Everyone yeah. has their uh, own slight variation on this. Like some people use video games uh, to as rooms. Like if they know if there's a video game they know very well, they ju they'll just use locations in that. And you could use like famous places you've been to. You could use cities. You could use rooms mm -hmm. of your friend's house also if you run out of rooms in your own house and stuff like that. But the basic idea is same making stories out of letter pairs and then storing those in a physical location that you know well. So this is the main thing because your spatial memory is very good uh, sometimes compared to like the phonetic memory. So that's why this works. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of when you're going through, so say you're doing a big attempt, you know, like mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the big numbers that you've, you're involved mm -hmm. in doing, you know, the 30 and 40. When you mm -hmm. get into... Um, what's your mindset just before that event? And uh, and once you get into that, once you get into the sort of like the uh, mindset of doing the solve and, you know, you're going through mm. the memo and execution, what's mm. your mind like? Is it, because for me, it's almost like a meditative state. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I think uh, the mindset before an attempt is especially important. And uh, like, especially in competitions or big events before starting an attempt, I usually just close my eyes for like uh, four or five minutes and just try to uh, clear my mind of everything that's going on. It like I for I try to forget that I'm at a competition or like what what happened during the day or any distractions for my mind. I just imagine like there's a like a vast white empty space and that is my mind. So it's clear and only only thing it's like a blank canvas. It's just waiting for new information to come in, which is which will be my memo. But I try to like be at peace and like uh, make my mind in a peaceful state, like not agitated or anything, not thinking about anything. And I just breathe for a few minutes. And I think that uh, really helps me personally uh, to focus properly on the attempt. And I and during the attempt, I try to not think about anything else uh, during the attempt because that will just uh, waste time. And also, uh, I think I, I like to like take a few calming deep breaths and I just uh, just uh, focus on the attempt. And I think I've been doing this for a few years, like a few years of multiband practice. So I've, I've gotten uh, relatively good at uh, shutting out distractions. And usually it doesn't bother me that much. Like if I'm memorizing in, and like someone moves a chair and sound comes, I don't even pay attention to it because I'm so focused on the event. So it is kind of like a meditative state, like you just focus on one thing and just drown out everything else. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I'm wondering whether, you know, this is, um, you know, this is good for people's mental health and mental well-being, because it does make you focus on something other than, you know, the, the past and the future. Yeah, I think uh, it's really good for your mental health. And also it's a, it's a quite a rewarding experience because number one, you're learning something new which always engages your brain. And then when you remove your blindfold and the cube is solved in front of you, that first feeling of excitement is there each time you solve it. And then it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. And then even if you mess up something, you just know that like I, I can learn from this. And when you see yourself improving, it's, it's a really good feeling. So I think engaging your brain in something productive and uh, like actually learning new things is quite good for your brain. And it always beats uh, just doing some like scrolling on social media or doing some other mindless thing and I think uh, learning new things is never a waste of time even if some people might say that uh, just you're solving just a 
you what's what's the use of that but i think there's a definite use in that because you're just uh, you're improving yourself and your mental well-being yeah no no i agree mm. and also um like you said when you're trying to do the memo you have to be very very creative don't you you know if you if say if you have a letter pair cat and ball mm. you can just think of a cat playing a ball but you can be really creative mm. and say a small cat is playing with a big ball you know yeah i think that really helps with your sort of like your creative um you know your creative ability what do you think yeah 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 and uh, definitely helps because the more ridiculous or strange the memories the more likely you are to remember it also and as for the cat and ball i'll just say that uh, like most of the time a cube has around i memorize the corners and edges separately so there are around 8 to 10 words in each so there are like eight random words and i and i have to make a story that involves all those eight words so cat playing with a ball is simple but if it's like a a uh, blue shape cat car ball so it's so i'll have to remember it like a a blue shape runs into a car which pushes a cat who drops his ball and mm-hmm. it's it's like that so it'll be a long longer story and i'll have to get more creative to connect them all in a single sentence so that's one thing that really uh, needs creativity and i think it also comes with practice so once you in at first it might come might feel difficult to come up with stories but eventually it will get much easier yeah and and i'd have mm. to say for people that are listening to this it it it, it does sound quite daunting you know trying to <laughs> you know just do even one yeah. cube let alone doing multi um, you know multiple cubes mm. but i think it's something that you can build up slowly and it doesn't come quickly does it yeah even for me when i used to solve a 3x3 uh, no when i hadn't learned to solve a 3x3 like with my eyes open i couldn't even solve a single cube because i was uh, scared of the algorithms i thought that i can do the first layer but for the last layer i'm i thought that i couldn't be able to memorize the algorithms so because i thought that that those are too complicated and how will i learn them all like there were only three or four algorithms but i was uh, still thinking that it will be too tough at first but then when i learned to solve it like when my eyes open then i thought that oh that wasn't so hard and then i saw, thought that solving a single cube blindfolded will be is impossible because <laughs> I, I can't memorize all that information like even to, even to memorize 20 letters of a, for my first blindfold i wrote them down on a paper and then i memorized them over and over again because just keeping it in my head was too tough so i wrote them on a paper and then when i got my first uh, success by writing it on a paper, I thought that I can do it on a paper, but I can't do it all in my head. I'll always need the paper. But then a few solve later, I stopped needing the paper and then for a single cube, and now I can do 40 plus cubes. So it's it's all a matter of perspective. Sometimes you think this will be hard, then you think the next thing will be hard, but actually once you actually do it, it's not that hard as it seems. Like it's always harder in uh, in words than it is in action. Yeah. I think also mm. as well, I mean, you, you went through the same process as I did. You know, I was writing it mm. down. I never thought mm. I could remember 20 letters in my head, but look at it now. Yeah. I've solved two cubes, you know, multiple. Yeah. So you, it, it is a matter of patience, perseverance, mm. and you can do mm. it because the way I look at it, you know, if I can do it, and if obviously you <laughs> you can do it based on your beginnings, then anyone yeah. can so uh, yeah i think i think definitely anyone can do it yeah it's it's yeah. and actually it's also a lot of fun like when i was doing it i, I wasn't doing it 
uh, because I wanted to do more queues. I just wanted to do this uh, two queues in front of me and because it was fun to do. So that's, mm. that was just it. Yeah. And the feeling of when you take off the blindfold mm. and you see those cubes um, sold, yeah, so isn't that the best feeling in the world? <laughs> yeah, especially. And I, I recently got that feeling again uh, last year when I sold my first, uh, first time I sold the 7 by 7 blindfolded on my second attempt. So when I removed the blindfold, I was so surprised that it was sold. And same, it, it was the same for my first success of 4 by 4 5 5 and 6 by 6 also. And yes. the 7x7 was the toughest one I've done so far. Wow. So that was also good. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you've gone to the next level now. So you have <laughs> multi-blind and then you're talking about 7 by So you've, have you done a 6x6 six six then, have you? Did you yeah, yeah, I've done it. But wow. I think uh, information-wise, 7x7 seven seven is still much less than 48 cubes. I think 7x7 seven seven is around 10 cubes of information. But oh, uh, okay. solving it... Yeah, but solving it is a bit tougher because you have to keep track of the layers because while band for you, you might turn the wrong layer on the seven by seven. And in but in multi, but I th still think that my multi blind, uh, I'm better at multi blind than seven by seven blindfolded because multi blind requires one hour of patience and one hour of uh, fo complete focus. So that is uh, that I, I enjoy multi blind the most. I think out of out of all the blindfold events. No, it's it's it sounds like it, and um, I'm hoping mm -hmm. to get more into it myself. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So let's talk about so out of your achievements. I mean, you've got you've mm. got so many. Which mm -hmm. one do you think? Which I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be either the World Championship in Paris mm -hmm. or the um, uh, the multi blind record, the 48 out of 48. Yeah. Which one do you sort of like cherish the most? Uh, I think uh, out of both, like both are very uh, dear to my heart, but I think the the most, the one I cherish the most is the world record in multi-blind. Uh, just because I'll uh, tell you a story. So when I was in 2014, when I was uh, 14 years old, I looked, I saw Moscow, you know, uh, Marcin Moscow, yes. who was the old, yeah, old world record holder in multi-blind. I saw his uh, video, 41 out of 41 cubes. Which is uh, which was completely mind blowing to me also, and it was quite ahead of its time because the second person was doing like twenty five cubes and he was doing forty one, and I thought that I mean I was just showing it the right video to my parents and I was saying that see this guy is so awesome he's doing I like I he's doing an unbelievable thing that I couldn't even do in my wildest dreams <laughs> because back then I was I could do like one cube uh, one or two cubes but I couldn't do like even four, uh, four or five cubes so I was thinking that like this is he's like a superhuman but then then when i started ne uh, next couple of years when i started doing more numbers i just thought that maybe one day i could get actually break his world record because his world record was one of the longest unbeaten world records it was like four or five years it was standing so i was uh i i had this distant goal in mind that maybe one day i could break it but for now i was just trying to get the national record of india which was like uh, 15 cubes so that that uh, so I, I started doing regular practice in 2015. I, I started doing one or two attempts every week. And then I got a I got a national record, 17 out of 18 cubes in 2015. So I thought that, wow, I got the national record. So now I should try for the Asian record, which was around 20 cubes. But as I was improving, the Asian record was also improving. So by the time I got close to the Asian record, it had gotten up to like 36 cubes. So I got 38 out of 40 in 2017, two years later. Uh, and that was uh, when I thought that actually world record is actually not too far from now because uh, the, the world record was around the same 41 cubes, but the Asian record was 38 cubes. So 
I was only three or four cubes away from the world record. But actually, getting it in competition was the tougher part because at home you can focus and you're used to competing at your home. But in competition, the table is different, judge is different, environment is different, and there's some mental pressure on you also. So that is why I missed the world record by one cube around uh, two or three times in competition. But then in July 2018, I finally got it, and it was uh, quite a quite a surprising attempt for me because it was my third best attempt overall. And my PB at home was 40 or 40 cubes, and officially. I was expecting to maybe miss two or three cubes, but I got all 48 correct. So when I was doing the attempt, I felt that I make, made a few mistakes. So I wasn't thinking that this would be world record. So during the attempt, I was like, okay, I made a three or four mistakes, but when I remove my blindfold, I'll see like three or four unsolved cubes. So when I remove my blindfold, suddenly everyone started cheering and I was like, what? Why are you cheering? I made a few mistakes, but then I saw that all are solved. So I realized that I had felt wrong that I made a mistake. Actually, I hadn't and all was solved. So I broke the world record by six cubes, which was the biggest jump since multi-blind started. So that that was quite uh, quite an amazing feeling because uh, trying to get something for four or five years and then suddenly getting it, I was in disbelief actually. It took me a few days to realize what had happened. So that was quite good. And I also met Moscow in 2017 World Championship and he came second in multi-blind and I came first. So that was also a really special <laughs> feeling for me because it was like beating your idol at a World Championship. So that was that was also a really surprising and good achievement. But I think the world record is a little bit more special just because I tried for, for it for four years and then I finally got it. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. Nah, and mm. I looked at that video and mm. um, I noticed, I think, Th there were two cubes it looked like you forgot the memo you put them aside and uh, yeah. once you remember the memo now that is pretty cool stuff <laughs> i have yeah. to say uh, yeah, what was your happened. mind going through then yeah yeah so uh, sometimes in my mind what happens during the execution is i don't remember a cube instantly like mo most of the time i pick it up and i know which memo it is but sometimes i just blank and i forget what the memo was so in, instead of just um, wasting time on it, I just put it to the side and then I started doing the rest of the cubes and I thought that maybe I'll suddenly remember it. So after doing eight cubes, I remembered the memo. So I just, I, I knew where it was on the table. So I just picked it up and I solved it and I still wasn't sure if it would be solved or not. But I didn't, I thought that instead of wasting time trying to worry about this one cube, I'll just focus on getting the rest cube within the time limit because the one hour time pressure is always there because uh, I try to make use of the whole one hour. So in this attempt, I finished at 59 minutes and 46 seconds, which is only 14 seconds of the time limit. So my mental time management has to be perfect in order to not go over the one hour, but also not go so fast that I use, that I uh, keep five minutes uh, wasted or like unused. Yeah. So that was yeah. what I was thinking. I yeah, are you aware of the time? I mean, um, of the time that you're doing? Uh, I was... No, no I, I'm not aware, but uh, during the memorization, I keep checking it every few cubes. Uh, so when I finish the memo, I just check it once. So mm -hmm. the, in the world record, my, mem my memorization was 36 minutes and 24 seconds. So mm -hmm. I target around 36 minutes flat. And so it was 24 seconds over. So I knew that my memo is a little slow and because doing a lot of attempts at home, I had a good sense of my speed. 
So mm-hmm. mentally, I was thinking I I had a little bit of an idea if I'm going too slow or if I'm going too fast. But I think like there's no way to tell. So you just have to mm-hmm. uh, focus on going at a consistent pace, and then that's when the home practice comes in. Because at home, you even if you go over the one hour, you can still count your attempt and you can see the video and stuff. So ju- being a good judge of your own speed is uh, what helped me there. Okay, so really that mm. just comes through lots of practice. Yeah, a lot sense of, of your just a sense of your own ability and the time yeah. that you do things. Yeah, people don't see the hard work, and I'm sure you put a lot of hard mm-hmm. work into all this. Correct? Yeah, yeah. For uh, in the year I got the world record, I I used to for the whole six months I did uh, one attempt every two days because I don't do an attempt every day because. I I remember the previous memo also and it messes up because I store it in my long term memory. So I even the next day I remember remember the memo and it confuses me. So I can't memorize new information. So I used to do one attempt every two days and I did that for like six seven months consistently and that was uh, when I got the world record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so in in terms of um, you going to Paris, I mean, have you ever travelled mm-hmm. abroad? Uh, for a Cuban competition before and you know what was the and mm. did, I mean how did you get how did you, I mean did you go with your parents or did you go with I, some friends what what happened how was that yeah so I went with my dad and uh, mm. I've been with my dad in around I think five or six Cuban competitions abroad and two mm. of them I went with my family which were world championships uh, 2015 in Brazil and 2019 in Melbourne and my first abroad competition was in Japan in 2014 and in that competition, I just uh, went to for the experience of competing in an international competition. I wasn't expecting to win anything because I was just a beginner. I started cubing like six, seven months earlier. But then I got third place in multi-blind and in 5FL blindfolded. So I got two bronze medals, which was quite unexpected and like surprising. And uh, then then next year, I went to a China, a China championship. And then I went to Asian championship 116 in Beijing. And then 2018 in Taiwan Asian Championship. And so I've been to around three Asian Championships and three World Championships in total. Wow. So um, your parents have been really supportive of you then. Mm, yeah, definitely. And uh, my parents and also my sister, who who was the one who encouraged me to uh, start uh, start learning cubing and, start, and practice, start practicing blindfold, multi-blind more because she was saying that I can actually get... Uh, the national record if I just practice multi-blind more because earlier I used to do one attempt maybe one or two every one or two weeks but she said that I should do regular attempts so I can get good at it and my parents also have been really supportive like for multi-blind I wanted to get new cubes because my old cubes weren't turning that good so I they they uh, allowed me to get like uh, 50 cubes in one single order like 50 identical cubes so I could practice and I did that twice so I actually at three by three, I have like two or three hundred now in total. Uh, so yeah, they've been quite supportive of my cubing because uh, they they don't f- uh, pressure me to focus on my studies that much because in India most parents are quite um, quite uh, strict about studies. But luckily for me, they 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 know that I'll study. I can study on my own, and that is not the only goal of life, like getting good marks, mm. uh, like being happy and like spending time with like uh, like cubing with friends is a quite a good and productive hobby so they appreciate that and they quite encourage me to do it ah that's good because that means you've mm. got a really nice balance as well y- yeah yeah definitely 
No, that's good. That's good. Okay. And um, so it, just in terms of um, advice to give, um, you know, someone that wants to do blind and multi-blind, um, mm. you know, what advice would you give? Yeah. So for uh, if, for someone who's who knows how to solve a Rubik's Cube and is looking to get into 3 by 3 blindfolded, I'll just say that uh, just give it a try because Sometimes what happens is people just think that I'll learn this eventually when I get faster or I'll learn this when this happens, but they don't even try it. So I think just look up a tutorial. There are like many high quality tutorials now on YouTube. Like when I started in six, seven years ago, there were like only one or two tutorials, but now there are many high quality tutorials. So you can just learn it and just try solving uh, a single corners only solve. Like for three by three, everyone knows the Vipam, which is a simple elk and using one elk, you can solve uh, all corners and then when you get it you'll be surprised how easy it is and then you can start uh, like learning edges and stuff so the best thing is just uh, just go for it so that's tip number one and tip number two is uh, try writing down your memo on a paper which is uh, something i mentioned earlier which is something that really makes a huge difference when you start and the third thing is uh, start with old pokman slash m2 method so m2 method for edges and old pokman for corners and you can do old Pokemon for edges also. That's also an option. But I think in the long term, M2 is better to start because it's a little faster. It's a little tougher to learn at the start, but it's a, it's better for long term because you'll find that improving in it is much easier. So M2 edges and OP corners. Okay. Mm. No, thanks for that. Um, uh, mm. Shivan, I know, um, I know that we have another shared interest ourselves. We have uh, mm. a shared interest in juggling. Uh, would you like to come back onto the podcast and uh, maybe we'll record a sort of like another episode that will include yeah, yeah, sure. like juggling and cubing? Sure, sure. Thank you very much for coming mm. on to the podcast. I really learned a lot and I hope um, other listeners in the audience earn something too as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was quite, quite a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.